Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan Schuler, and welcome to the Fortress of Truth, where we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein by the grace of God. Jesus said, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Glory to God. It is God's will for us to be free, to not be bound by anything. You know, we've, we've talked about this before, but lies will bind you up and lies will blind you so that you can't see. The truth will let you see and the truth will make you free. So if you are restricted and you're not experiencing God's best, then you need some more truth. Because the more truth that you have and the more truth you continue in, then the freer you're going to become. The more you're going to be able to see, the more enlightened you'll be, and the more free you'll get to live. Now, if you're walking in all the light that you have, then that's good. But keep seeking the Lord because he always has more for you. The book of Proverbs says that the path of the just grows brighter and brighter until the noonday sun. Meaning that as you walk after the Lord and you follow him, you're going to get more and more light. You walk in the light that you have. And when you're, that, that means following the direction that you have from the Lord right now. You're doing all that you know to do for him right now. As you do that, then you're going to, he's going to show you more light. He's going to show you the next step. And as you follow him and you have ears to hear, he'll, he will lead you into a beautiful, wide, abundant place full of his goodness. Glory to God. Well, we've been on a series for a while now called Stir It Up. And like we've said before, we're getting stirred up about stirring it up. Amen. We've been looking in 2 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy 1 and verse 3. Paul, being inspired by the Spirit, he's writing here and he says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Notice he says up in verse four, he says, I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you. We read over in 3 John, there's only one chapter in 3 John, um, short little book. It's a good book, you ought to read it. <laughs> but anyway, we read over there that um, John was writing it, but it's also the Holy Spirit speaking to us. And he said, I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. 
God gets no greater pleasure than to see us walking in the light that we have, following his direction the best we know how to do. He takes no pleasure in us being deceived or us not walking in the the right paths. If the Bible tells us very clearly how we should conduct ourselves in the earth, and when we walk according to that, that pleases the Lord. If we don't walk according to that, if we go off on our own thing or we just you know, do whatever society is saying is normal, then that's not necessarily pleasing to the Lord. Jesus said there's a broad way that leads to destruction. Broad is the way and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. But narrow is the way that leads to life. There are many that go on the broad way and down through the wide gate to destruction. But there are few, Jesus said, that find the narrow way to life. Well, I believe that I'm speaking to people who have found the narrow way. Now, in Proverbs 4, he says, Watch your, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he says, watch your steps. Make sure that you stay on the path. Don't get off to the left or to the right. Don't go in the ditch. Just stay in the middle of the road. If you get in the ditch, then you're going to, you know, if you're driving your car down the road and you go off into the ditch, you're likely to have a wreck. But if you stay on the middle of the road, you'll be fine. Well, it's the same way with our life. If we stay in the middle of God's path for us, if we stay doing what he wants us to do, then we're not going to experience the calamities and the shipwrecks that other people in the world experience. In our health, in our spiritual well-being, in our mental health, the Lord will keep us and protect us from all of that as long as we pay attention to his leading and follow him. Because he says, God said in Jeremiah 29, 11, out of the NIV, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. If we're following God's plan for our life, then we're going to prosper, we're going to succeed, and we're going to do well because he doesn't want to hurt us. He only wants to channel his goodness to us. He wants to get as much of his goodness to us as we'll receive. And the way we get in a position to receive that is to walk down his path, to walk in the truth. So notice that Timothy had this unfeigned faith. He was walking in the truth, and Paul got joy from that. And not just Paul, but the Holy Spirit who's inspiring Paul to write this. So we could take this as the Holy Spirit speaking to us that when we have that true, unfeigned, genuine faith in God, the Lord gets pleasure from that. He gets joy from that. He is pleased with us when we're truly trusting Him. 
And then we get down to verse six. Verse five, he's talking about this genuine faith that Timothy had. And then verse six, wherefore, because you have this genuine faith in God, I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We are supposed to stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of us. If we don't, we can grow cold and we can grow stagnant. God doesn't want our faith to stagnate. He wants us to be always reaching forward, ever increasing. That's his plan. He is, he is, his plan is never for us to draw back or shrink back or to stop expanding and instead to wither. That's never his plan for us. His plan is always for us to press forward and press on to fight the good fight of faith and to win and to come out victorious in every situation. And we do this by stirring up the gift of God on the inside of us. Stirring it up. I think it'll help you. Say it out loud. Stir it up. Lord, help me to stir up the gift of God on the inside of me. Amen. Now notice, it's, it's on us. It's our responsibility to stir ourselves up. You can't just pray and say, Lord, stir me up. Stir me up again, Lord. There was an old hymn that some people used to sing, and it went like this. Revive us again, O Lord. Revive us again. Well, this is talking to God. Revive us. It's putting it off on God. Revive means to, you know, revitalize, you know, basically stir us up. Well, it's, a, it's our job, it's our responsibility to stir ourselves up. And when we, we saw this last time, James 4 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As we take the step of faith and stir ourselves up and draw near to God, come close to God, then he will come close to us. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way into your life. That wouldn't be love. It would be control. And that's not what God does. He didn't create robots. He created children. And that's who we are. When you're born again and you accepted Jesus, you are a child of God. You're not God's robot. You're his child. Robots are programmed to do certain things certain ways. Now, anymore, we have artificial intelligence where the robots are programmed to learn how to do new things. But nevertheless, they're programmed. They have something put into them from the very beginning. They don't necessarily have their own will. 
They do what they're programmed to do. People, on the other hand, have a free will. We can choose to love God or to not, to accept Jesus or to reject him. Now, God loves each and every person. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's a choice. It's our choice to believe in him or not. But God still loves us regardless of whether we choose him or not. God still loves us. He'll love you all the way to hell if you choose to go down that path. Oh, but friends, don't go that way. Choose to follow after God. That's the best life that you can ever live. Like we saw earlier from Jeremiah 29, 11, God's plans for us are good plans, but we got to follow him. We got to have ears to hear. We got to listen to him and we got to obey him. And if we do that, we will see God's goodness manifested in our lives, shown up in our lives all the time. Why is that? Because that's his plan for us. That's what he wants us to experience. Now, we've been looking also at Revelation chapter 2, and I won't read the whole thing just for the sake of time, but Jesus is speaking here to one of the churches, one of the groups of believers there at the time, and they were doing really well. They were sound in doctrine. They were rooted and grounded in the Word of God, and they were doing things for God. You might say they were doing the work of the ministry serving God, doing all these things, all these good works. And Jesus commended them for that. We should do this. This this can be an example for us as believers today. We should be rooted and grounded in the word of God, knowing the truth of the word. And also endeavoring to do those things that the Lord would have us to do in the earth today. Ephesians says that we are his hands and feet in the earth. How do people experience God's touch? Through us. How does God reach people? Through us. We are his hands and feet. So when we do good works at his direction, then that is an extension of his ministry, God's ministry to others. So we should do this, and God would have us to do these things. But notice what Jesus said in Revelation 2, verse 4. He, he goes through all of this, saying how much he appreciates their good works and how they're rooted and grounded in the Word. And he commends them for it. But then in verse 4, he says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. I have something against you. You're doing all this stuff right. You're dotting all your I's and crossing all your T's, but I have something against you still. Because thou hast left thy first love. You left the love that you have for me, Jesus said. You had that love at the first, but you left it. 
Verse five, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of its place except thou repent. Now we've seen this in the last few lessons that yes, we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in the word. Yes, we're supposed to do things for God. But the most important thing to him is a personal relationship with us. And now we saw last time that that's done through an investment of time. Time. We have to invest time in our relationships. Not just our relationship with God, any relationship. If you want your relationships to flourish and develop into what they should be, you have to invest time. Relationships don't just happen automatically. Nothing good happens automatically. There is a law of physics. I believe it's called the second law of thermodynamics. And basically what it says is everything tends to move from order to disorder unless you put work into it. I mean, we know this. We can see this in our day-to-day life. You get your house all cleaned up, sweep the floors, dust the furniture. You know, if you, if you have a rug that has fringe on it, you comb the fringe out. I remember my mom would have me do that. I always enjoyed combing the fringe out. It was fun. You know, and then, and then you go to the kitchen and you have a stack of dirty dishes. And you think, oh man, all right, well, let's clean this up. So you get to scrubbing. You clean plates, you clean pots, you clean pans, and you have to scrub and scrub and scrub and you get all that stuff off of there. You clean everything up so that it shines and sparkles. And then what happens two weeks later? you find yourself doing all of this all over again. Why is that? (laughs) You know, I, I, I think about that myself and I think, man, are we really this messy? Are we, we, you know, is it, are, is it really this bad that we can't go two weeks without having to clean the house all up again? Well, I mean, that may be part of it, I don't know, but really, we're trying to work against the laws of physics, the laws that govern this physical world. Everything tends to go from order to disorder, unless you put work into it. We know this is true even if we're not in the space. If we clean up a room perfectly, dust everything, sweep everything, and then close the door, turn off the lights, and then leave it alone and never go back in there again. If we open up the door again, you know, in a couple weeks, there's going to be dust back on the furniture. There may be cobwebs hanging from the ceiling. Everything tends to go from order to disorder. Well, we can see this in our relationships too. Unless we put work into a relationship, it's not going to grow and develop. In fact, if we completely disregard a relationship and never invest into it, 
it will languish and eventually you'll drift apart from that person. You know, how many times do we have, you know, our best buddy in elementary school or high school or college or whatever, and you know, you're best friends with them. And then you get older and you go on through your path of life and they go on through their path of life. And eventually what happens? You drift apart. And then you, you might find yourself saying, boy, you're thinking about them, think, boy, I, I haven't talked to them in 10 years, 15 years. Well, wonder, wonder what they're doing. What happened? You grew apart. That's not necessarily a bad thing. You may have your path of life. They may have theirs. Not necessarily a bad thing. But you, you stopped investing in the relationship, and so it just kind of disappeared. Well, there are certain relationships that we should invest in all the time, and we should never let distance grow between us. And one of those relationships is our relationship with God. We have to invest time in our relationship with God. Like we've, saw, like we've seen previously, draw near to God, come close to God, and He will come close to us. It's up to us, though, to make the first move because God is not going to force His way into our life. He's not going to force us to give him a greater place than we want to give him. So let's open up our heart and let's give God full place in our life because the greater degree we open ourselves up to him, the greater he can work in our lives. Glory to God. Now, how do we do this? Real quickly, Let's take a look at three things that Jesus talked about in verse 5 here, Revelation 2, 5. Jesus tells us how to stir up our love, how to rekindle that passion on the inside of us. Number one, he says, remember where you were in your relationship. Remember where you were in the relationship. He says, remember where you you fell from. Remember where you were beforehand. Number two, after you remember where you were, you need to change what you're doing. The Bible uses the word repent, and that means to change. If you're going down the highway, if you're flying down there 70, 80 miles an hour, going north, and you take an off-ramp, and you go back under the highway, and you get back on the highway going south, you have repented. You have changed direction. So he says, remember where you were, and then change what you're doing. And number three, start doing what you did at first. So remember where you came from, Change what you're currently doing. Don't do that anymore because that's what got you where you currently are. And then 
start doing what you did at the first. Why do you want to do that? Because that's what got you to where you were at the first. That got you, that's what got your relationship to the point it was at at the first. By doing the first works. Doing what you did at the beginning. Now, I believe in future lessons we'll, we'll expound on these more. But this will work for any relationship. Any relationship that you find has you've gotten distance in between you and them and you want to come back together again, you want to um, get close again, these three steps will work for any relationship. This will work for your marriage. This will work for friendships. This will work for your relationship with God. This will work for your relationship with your children. This works for any relationship. Remember where you were beforehand, okay? You had a good relationship with them beforehand. You talked. You enjoyed each other's company. You had a good relationship. Remember where you were. So set yourself a goal. I want to get back to that and even better. So I can see where I was. I can see the end result, what I want to attain to, what I'm shooting for. You know, if you're going to shoot a gun, I come from the country, so we shoot guns. You know, it's just what we do. If there's a varmint in your yard, you got to get rid of it. So kaboom. <laughs> but anyway, if you're going to shoot a gun, you got to aim it first. Elsewise, you're going to be unsafe. You know, if you just close your eyes and pull the trigger, there's no telling what you're going to hit. You got to aim first. So you got to have a goal in mind. That's the point of remembering where you were before. And then change what you're currently doing. What you're currently doing has, is what got you to where you're at right now. Einstein said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to keep getting the same results. You know, I, I've said this before, and it's kind of an odd statement, kind of simple in a way, but kind of sounds a little funny in another way, but it's true. Unless you change, nothing's going to change. If you don't change, nothing's going to change. So you've got to change what you're currently doing if you want different results. So stop doing what you're currently doing, whether that is not talking to them, if that's, you know, drawing back from them, avoiding them, or just not being intentional about spending time with them. You need to change all of that. And then, number three, do what you did at the first. Do what you did at the first. Remember what you did when you first were at that good point in your relationship. Remember what you were doing then and go back and then by faith, start doing that again. And then as you do that, 
that will stir yourself back up. That will rekindle your passion for that relationship. Now, I believe there's a lot more that the Lord has to show us about this. So I hope you can join us again next time because we're out of time for today. But seek the Lord about this. It is His will for us to be close to Him and have a close personal relationship with Him. So let's pray this out loud if you mean it. Say, Lord, forgive me for any time I've drawn back or not done what I should do in my relationships. Whether it's a relationship with people or with you, help me to see what I need to do so that my relationships, both with you and with people, can be all they should be. Help me to see the steps I need to take, the things I need to stop, and the things I need to start. And by your grace, I will do those things that please you. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, be sure and subscribe and follow us so that you never miss an episode of The Fortress of Truth. And be sure and join us again next time as we continue talking about stirring it up. Well, we'll see you next time on The Fortress of Truth.